right. Uh, good morning to you all. Uh, my name is Felicia Orth, and uh, I'm the, the sidekick to the chair of the forum committee. My husband, uh, Evan Rose, he's in Utah today, so I have the privilege of introducing our forum speakers. Ellen Morris Bond is the executive director of Self Help, uh, the uh, nonprofit I think this church has a strong historical connection to, and uh, Mary Beth Stevens, who is the ombuds for the Lionel uh, community offices. Uh, their topic today is mental health issues in Los Alamos, helping our friends, families, and coworkers. Please welcome um, Mary Beth Stevens and Ellen Morris Bond. Organized here. You can hear? Okay. Uh, thank you for having us um, at your forum today. This is uh, very timely for us because Mary Beth and I have collaborated a bit on the rollout of the project um, called the Los Alamos Mental Health Access Project. And this was funded by United Way to bring resources and what I would say is normalization or um, reduction of the stigma of seeking mental health care. And I imagine we all know people we've been concerned about. Um, we may have lost people to suicide in our community and family. And something that brought me to the conclusion I wanted to work on this was that in 2012, um, Los Alamos lost some wonderful young men to suicide. Um, these were high school boys and actually um, two college, first year college students. So we begin to wonder, what is, what are we missing? Um, what are they needing? What could we say to them that might have prevented a suicide? What can we say to their families afterwards? Um, so that, I was so deeply affected by that, that year. And what I've learned since is that the community of Palo Alto, which has a lot of similarities to Los Alamos, it's a high achieving, high pressure, very learned, educated community, had a very serious um, suicide pattern among high school students. So much so that the Centers for Disease Control from Atlanta went in to do a study. Um, and Los Alamos actually applied for this program for the CDC to come to Los Alamos to study what was happening here with our young people. Um, it was deemed not not enough of a population or a pattern to for them to come in, but it's still a concern to all of us. And even if we don't have a federal study done, we can learn from the tragedies that happen. One um, really clear message that I have gotten is that seeking mental health is really difficult here. and. Mary Beth will address some of those issues from an employer perspective, the biggest employer in our town. Um, 
There's stigma attached. It's not thought of as okay. If our children are having mental health issues or substance abuse issues, it's something that's been sort of hidden. And one of the efforts of the Mental Health Access Project is to really uh, bring this out of the shadows, bring all these issues out of the shadows so that they can be dealt with more directly and so that people can find help. So when, when self-help applied for this grant, I thought, well, what will be the best possible way for people to access Okay, the electronic world is big, and especially for teenagers. Um, there's a, a wonderful text line, and it's been shown that texting is high schoolers and younger kids' favorite way of communicating. And if they can text privately about their worries and concerns with a trained mental health professional, this is the beginning of them maybe addressing the more serious issues. It's not the answer, but there's something you may want to look at on the internet. It's called 741-741. They text these numbers, and there's a trained psychotherapist on the other end who will text back within um, a few minutes. And they can stay on the line with that person for as long as they need to talk about their mental health concerns, um, or talk about their family, talk about what's going on around them in school. Um, so we're, we're really making a big effort to show kids that texting ability to begin to look at mental health resources. And if any of you want to see more about it, there's a TED Talk. Just Google 741-741 TED Talk. And the founder, who is a psychotherapist in DC, um, gives the talk about how she came to the conclusion that this was really needed in communities. Now it's nationwide. They've had millions and millions of interactions with both teens and adults who prefer the texting mode to talk about their issues. Uh, there are other resources that are highlighted in the website we created. It's called losalamosmentalhealth.org or Los Alamos MHAP, which is Mental Health Access Project, .org. Um, and it has several drop-down menus that are user-friendly. There's a list of every therapist in Los Alamos, the insurance they take, their specialty. Um, the challenge is that most of the spots in these therapist practice are full. So then we say, well, how do we bring more therapists to town? And that is where we are right now. And I would like to see us work with the Chamber of Commerce, with the hospital, um, whatever it takes to bring more mental health resources to town because once we destigmatize it, once we get people to feel more accepting of it, then we want the resources available. Um, another piece of this website, and I'm hoping you'll take a look sometime in the next week or so, um, is a resource list for parents, 
for um, youth is sort of broken down into areas that might be of interest to each group. Um, and Mary Beth will address the portion that is the LANL uh, mental health initiatives, including encouraging people to, um, or to help people not be afraid of seeking mental health care because it might impact their clearance or other employment issues at LANL. Um, so there are many resources. Um, the website is hoped to be sort of a one-stop place with lots of resources available to the community. Um, we looked at the website. We've had, since September 2nd, we've had 350 visits. Um, that's meaningful to me, that there are that many people interested and these are new visits. Uh, the returning visits are like 540. So that means that people have felt this is relevant to them. They're looking for help. And many people in Los Alamos have said to me and to others, I know I need help. I know my daughter or son needs help, but I just don't know where to turn. It's just not clear to me what the path is to receive mental health care and to really intervene quickly if I feel someone is suicidal. Um, so I think we'll save comments and discussion for after Mary Beth's portion of this, but she's going to talk about two things. Uh, Lanel's response to the mental health issues and a wonderful course she teaches called Mental Health First Aid. So take it away, Mary Beth. <laughs> Good morning. I can take some. Um, I wonder how many of you have taken a Red Cross First Aid class or some other physical. Do you need me to go to the mic? Okay. So several of you have taken a, a first aid class. Mental Health First Aid is um, an initiative that began in Australia about 10 years ago. A, a couple, one was a psychologist, one was a nurse, started combining their experience or sharing their experience and realizing this um, issue of immediate crisis level help for mental health issues is lacking. And lay people, well, hardworking, committed, caring people don't know what to do, so they don't do anything. So let's give them some tools, and they built this curriculum. The goal now is to have a million people um, have completed mental health first aid training by the end of this decade, and we're already over 500,000 worldwide. So um, the idea is for mental health first aid to be as common and as well-known as Red Cross first aid for physical issues. Um, so, you know, Ellen kind of started with an assumption that you all know why we're talking about this. Why do you think it's important to talk about mental health first aid or mental health issues in our community? We have a problem. We, um, and mental health issues are common. The data is that 20% of American adults and teens will have some um, 
significant level of mental health struggle over any given calendar year. The rates are more like 50% for lifetime. So of the people you, you live with, work with, and care about, up to 50% of them are going to have this kind of issue at various points. But what Mental Health First Aid aims to do is kind of normalize talking about mental health issues, put them on the continuum with physical illnesses, because they both come in a variety of severities, mild, immediate, mild, moderate, and very severe. They all have um, effects on the, the person experiencing the disorder and on the family and friends and colleagues of that person. And so we really want to destigmatize talking about these issues and kind of dispel some of the most common myths. Number one myth that we dispel is one that relates directly to what Ellen's talking about, which is um, specific to assessing for risk of harm to someone, in particular for risk of suicide. There are a lot of adults out in the world who don't know that it's okay to ask somebody, are you thinking about killing yourself? And I think if they leave my eight-hour class having learned nothing else, it'll be worth their time because they know that it really is okay. You're not going to put the idea in somebody's head by asking the question. And we actually talk about ways to engage with someone so that asking that question doesn't feel um, unsafe. Um, when you took Red Cross first aid, though, did you, did you remember a mnemonic that you learned to help you remember what order you do things in? ABC? Airway, breathing, circulation, there's, there's some others around there, but it's, it's about in a time of crisis, you don't necessarily remember the whole book. But which is the airway? Oh, yeah, I've got to make sure they're breathing first. And then check and work on where they're bleeding. Mental Health First Aid has a five-step action plan that we review over and over and over again in the course of the eight-hour class, um, and they call it ALGI. Assess for risk of suicide or harm. Listen non-judgmentally give reassurance and information, which, by the way, is different from giving advice, <laughs> which is what a lot of us want to do. If we do feel like we can engage with someone, we decide, I'll just tell them what they should do about this. I'll tell them what worked for my family member, and, and surely that'll help them. And then the E's are two E's. Encourage appropriate professional help, and just as important, encourage self-help and other support strategies. So we rehearse that over and over as we review the most common mental health and addiction issues that we see in U.S. society. Um, again, the goal, mental health first aid is not, it's not therapy. It's not even diagnosis. It is the help given to someone during a mental health crisis, either until professional help arrives or until the crisis subsides, because a lot of these are subclinical level crises, but the support you can give to someone is, is just essential. So I said we, we debunked the myth that um, asking someone if they're considering suicide. We debunk some myths about um, mental health sufferers being dangerous. Because if, if you watch movies and TV, that, that's what you'd leave thinking. In fact, I, um, my older daughter is in the back there with Kathy. My younger daughter and husband went to the store yesterday to pick up Halloween decorations. This, the 13-year-old just decided this had to happen at our house this year. So, um, and they came home with a cute sign for the door and some other things. And then they brought this thing that says, 
asylum, no exit. And then it has hatchets and blood. And I said, no. And fortunately, my husband's pretty savvy, and my, even my 13-year-old got it when I said, this is perpetuating this idea that people with mental illness are dangerous. And so we're going to return that today and get some friendly pumpkins or something. <laughs> but it's everywhere. If, if you were to watch, take what you know about mental illness and have it be just informed by what Hollywood tells you, what the TV news tells you, it would be that um, these folks are a danger to you. But what the data shows is that people with significant mental illness are much more likely to be a danger to themselves or to be the victim of a violent crime than to commit a crime themselves. So, And then the third myth that doesn't actually come up in anywhere else that mental health first aid is taught on a regular basis, but it comes up in Los Alamos, is the myth that talking to a counselor about your mental health concern will lose you your clearance and lose you your job. That's a pretty rich um, urban myth in Los Alamos and anywhere where people have security clearances. I have family members in the military, and it's the same thing. Um, so there's a... Um, a document that's linked to from Ellen's web, new website called Counseling Clearances and You that very succinctly and clearly debunks that myth and talks about the fact that the Department of Energy wants to know if you're taking, if you have an issue like this, are you taking advantage of all the resources that are available to you? And they actually view seeking counseling seeking treatment as a protective factor for keeping your clearance or getting your clearance back. And we've got testimonials from a lab division leader who talks about his own journey through major depression and that he took advantage of every resource available to him and kept his clearance straight through and is very happy to tell his story now because he wants other people to not be afraid of seeking, um, seeking what will be helpful to them. So this mental health first aid class is one arm of something the lab has rolled out. It, um, actually, a, I understand a, a member here, Bill Marison, came in and said, why aren't you all doing more about mental health? What do we already have and what do we need to put in place? And they're trying to turn the conversation even slightly away from just what we can do when somebody develops a mental health issue to mental health fitness every bit as important as physical health, fitness, and what can we do proactively to take care of ourselves and each other. So thank you. I've passed out um, in the interest of saving paper. If you don't think you'll ever want to take the class, give me your brochure back, please. Um, I, know I know this crowd will get why that matters to me, but um, please do take one if you think you're interested. We... Um, I teach the class. It's a lab class, and thanks to Bill Merson and a couple other managers making it mandatory for all of the folks who report to them, we're offering it once a month now. And we do have the ability to, um, to host people for that class who are not badged through the lab. It costs us $15 to recover the cost of the book, and otherwise there, there's no cost for the training, and we can escort you into the Canyon School facility and... Um, 
we'd be glad to have you. There's a number there you can call and talk to me if you have more questions that you don't want to raise in this forum, um, this forum of the forum, but, or if you want to find out where we have slots available. So Ellen, you want to come back up and see if you all have any questions for either of us? Or discussion points, we'd be happy to. I'll throw one out there. What, do you, what is the most common mental health issue in the US for adults and teens? Everybody thinks it's depression, and I did before I took this class. It's actually anxiety. That's the one that 19% of adults in the US on any given year are dealing with some level of clinical anxiety. So, yeah. No, I know. I'm no, I'm laughing. Elisa and I work together, so she's a, I put a ringer in the audience. We get generally great feedback on on the class. People's even the people. Interestingly to me, I was worried about the people who are mandated to come. You know, man, mandated training doesn't tend to be enjoyed as much as what people self-select for, but. The majority of the people who are mandated to come say, wow, I got stuff I can use. And we've even heard from people who say, you know, I didn't think I'd ever need this. But in fact, once at work and once at home, I've had to ask the question if someone was contemplating suicide. Or I've, I had better filters to notice that somebody was struggling. And so they feel like it's, it's good. We, it, because I'm wired like most of us are, if there's one negative comment... I brood over it, and I've made some changes to the structure of the course. But um, in general, the feedback is very positive. And I, I would just like to say that the website has started some conversations, which this is what's hoped for. Um, I've had phone calls from people who, for instance, a mom whose child is on the autism spectrum um, hoping that we will add a section, um, which we're going to, uh, on the website for parents who, or f for adults in general who experience um, symptoms of the autism spectrum, Asperger's, um, what else is on that spectrum? Well, under the new diagnostic criteria, it's all autism spectrum. Okay. So that seems to be a big subject for us here. Um, another area is veterans' concerns and the high prevalence of veterans' mental health struggles. So this website is a living document, and as we start these conversations in the community, we're adding. We're putting pieces in there, and... Um, Fortunately, there's a professional web designer doing all this because I don't have those skills. But um, he's very responsive. He used to live in Los Alamos. He gets what we're doing. And um, I've been very happy with the format of the website. Um, and the fact that it, it generates phone calls to our office, um, we're not really a mental health... Uh, center or information center, but 
it's great to get these phone calls with people's suggestions for improvements. And um, so I think it's on its way to being a good tool. Uh, LosAlamosMentalHealth.org. And if I had been thinking, I would have brought my little sticky notes with it on it, but I uh, got out the door without them today. But um, please take a look and see if there's anything useful to you. Any other points of discussion or questions about LANL issues? Kendra. Well, that's a good question. Um, there's been, uh, what kind of outreach in the high school are we doing? Um, the prevention specialist has given each teacher in both the middle school and the high school one of our little sticky notes with the website on it. But I've had a bit of a struggle having the school the school system embrace it. Um, it's on the school system website, but they renamed it. And so this is one of my projects to talk to them about, why did you do that? Um, I, I don't know what parameters they're following. Maybe they can't do mental health um, referral, and so they put it under another name. But it's, it's on the school website, but hard to find. Um, the other big push we're doing is we have a world-class teen center here in town, and we're in the process of creating posters and other information on this texting site and on the website, and good question, because those are the people I, I get really concerned about is our youngest folks. and. Some of the counselors have told me they have concerns for kids as young as fifth grade in these areas of suicidal mm -hmm. feelings. Yeah. And I will say the school system has done um, quite a bit the last few years. They, um, there was, the Juvenile Justice Advisory Board had a grant to host the teen version, the youth mental health first aid, and they offered that um, about 10 times, and a lot of the teachers got to participate in that. It's the, Elisa's been to both, and she said it's, it's essentially the same stuff, but kind of different stories and different, um, the statistics are slightly different, but not that much different between teens and adults in the U.S. And then they have, um, the school system, school district hosted a series of community meetings last school year about mental health issues and um, looking at best practices in other communities, and trying to see what, um, which of those we want to adopt here. And now they've hired a person, um, I don't know if they've made the announcement of who it is. Do you, no. Um, they've hired a person at the school administration level to oversee all mental health endeavors at the, um, all the school sites. So ours is just a little piece of the puzzle and I'm hoping the puzzle grows into something more substantial and more user-friendly to the kids and teachers. What did they rename it at the high school? It's called um, 
healthandwellness.org. Now, I don't know how or where they got that name, but if you click on it, it comes to the website we created, but I, I still haven't gotten down to the real information of how that happened. But uh, And it's, it's behind three or four drop-down menus. I think it's the first one is family, and then there's a drop-down menu that says wellness. And if I had my way, it would be on the front page, but I don't think I'm going to get my way. <laughs> but we've worked with um, you know, Los Alamos County. They've put it on their social services. In fact, we have a page on Los Alamos County uh, website. Um, there are lots of other ways to spread the news. and um, But the schools are just launching a lot of initiatives right now. So... Other thoughts or concerns? Well, this is just uh, at the high school level, and I only read this in the Daily Post, so that they have the program that's been going called Natural Helpers. Do you know? Um, I, my daughter has friends who are um, leaders in the program. I, There are approaches, and those are peer counseling programs that I would hope they'd get the mental health first aid information. That would be so good for natural helpers. Um, and probably, eventually, there'll be a, a training under mental health first aid for elementary age. Who knows? Um, but they need, they need to know this, too. Um, yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, Bill Marison made it mandatory for PAD ops and PAD cap. So there, you know, there are five principal associate directors. Two of the five have made it mandatory for all managers under them, and we're calling it a pilot to kind of see how it goes, what the feedback is at the end, as to whether it should continue to be mandatory for the rest or just strongly recommended. Elisa. I would love to see all the churches post it somewhere in their, their web page. Um, that would be helpful. And possibly when we develop these series of posters, we could put them down in the teen or youth room. Um, you know, I, and 
I will give to John or another staff member some of our little uh, sticky notes. So you can just very discreetly give one to someone and say, hey, check this out. Um, so there are lots of things that faith communities can do, and those are three right there. So we will follow through. <laughs> and, and then the other thing, Ellen and I went to a meeting in Albuquerque. Colorado was ahead of us on this, partly because for a lot of years they were ahead of us in suicide rate. Um, Colorado and New Mexico take turns being like third and fourth in the nation for um, high prevalence of suicide. Um, but this man had a quote that has stuck with me, which is that for, um, for a politician, it's easy. There's no cost to not funding mental health stuff. You know, if they don't fund the schools, they get blasted. If they don't fund criminal justice, they get blasted. But um, there's nobody there. There's no voice in that system really saying we need to put some money toward preventative mental health or early intervention. Because like with physical issues, early intervention predicts is a better predictor of, um, of recovery. So if, there, if you see that there are things that are being considered at the state or national level um, having to do, for example, um, the National Chiefs of Police, International Chiefs of Police Association just passed something um, where they, their goal is to have every sworn officer in the U.S. have mental health first aid training. And there's a module actually that's specific to public service people like firefighters, police, and um, ambulance. And so as you see opportunities to advocate for funding or for awareness or for this good, good training that truly doesn't cost very much, um, do it. Maybe a, a, a one of the trainings could be held here. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it would be appealing to the community if, if we used or she used one of the rooms here to offer it to more general public off the campus of Lanel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have time to do that, but you can talk about it. <laughs> so I'm sure that that can be worked out. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That is true. Well, we, we would figure it out. <laughs> and there are other mental health first aid instructors in New Mexico too. That um, are there any other in Los others no. in Los Alamos? No, okay. that we um, there's some from Albuquerque and Santa Fe who used to come up here and teach it before I got certified. Did you have another question? Oh, you're stretching. Okay. <laughs> So I think we'll draw it to a close, and I thank you so much for having yes, us. Thank you. Thanks.